0: Welcome to the Bible Foundations program. This is Jerry Smythe, your host. It's been my joy to be a missionary serving in uh, Indonesia for a number of years and then having for these last 25 years uh, traveled to different parts of the world and witnessed the uh, effect of the Bible on a people that uh, had very little understanding and knowledge of God. It's been my joy to witness their lives being transformed simply by understanding who God is and what the Bible has to say to ordinary people today, you and I. And it's also been my joy to see this same teachings, uh, foundational truths presented here in the United States and in our community that uh, has had a profound effect on the lives of men and women. You see, we've grown up in a culture that has a Bible base, but today many of the pieces don't fit together. We're not teaching the Bible in our schools, we've left God out of our society, and so the purpose of this broadcast is to lay foundations from the Word of God that help us to understand who God is and what He has to say to you and I and why we should listen. Now, in our first time together, we talked about the authority of God's Word, how that the Bible was authored by Him, and uh, we read in Scripture, in fact, in the very middle of your Bible, if you were just to open it up randomly uh, between Genesis and Revelation, you'd come to the book of Psalms. And in uh, the Psalms is the longest chapter in the Bible, chapter 119, 119, and uh, there are many precious precious thoughts in that particular passage of scripture. For here in the Psalms, in fact, in the Psalms at whole, you see the expression of the heart of men crying out to God. That's why there's such comfort there. Do you need comfort today? Well, listen, just pick the Psalms and go through there. Sometimes at random, sometimes in numerical order, it'll help you. It'll bring you understanding that you're not alone in whatever your circumstances are. But one of the writers of the Psalm, particularly the writer of Psalm 119, had this to say about the foundations of the Bible. You see, they are true. He says this in Psalm 119, verse 152, concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Then down in verse 160, it says, thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endure forever. Well, you see the word of God has proven to be true. In fact, Psalm 119:140, the statement is first made, thy word is very pure. Therefore thy servant loveth it. Now in the 18th Psalm the statement is made, the word of the Lord is tried. You see, that's why these writers have made these statements. They found that what God said in the beginning has proven to be the case all the way through time and continues to be uh, today. Now, in our uh, another of our lessons, we spent time just looking at God in eternity past. In the beginning, God. You see, it was God alone before the beginnings of the earth before anything was made, before the spirit world, before the firmament of the earth, before any part of the universe was made as we know it today, there was God alone. How is it that he lived without father and without mother, without beginning and without end? Well, my friend, that's what shows us that he's God. You see, he's not limited to your understanding and mine. He tells us about himself in the Bible, so that we can comprehend in our human limitations that he is God. He is greater than we can comprehend, that he's more than we are, and that he is a spirit whose presence fills the heavens and the earth. He doesn't need to go anywhere to be there. He's already there, you see. He's here with us, he's there with you, wherever you are, whatever your circumstances are, waiting for you to acknowledge him and to call out to him. That's why he wrote the Bible. And nobody else had the authority or has the authority even today to tell us what God was like. You see, only God could tell us because he is the only one that was there. Isn't it a comfort that he has chosen to communicate with you and I while we see His sovereignty, we see His magnificence, we see that there was God alone. There's never a time when God was not living. And God doesn't need anything to exist. There are three living beings that we call the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Why did he communicate himself to us like that? Because he wants us to comprehend that he's more than we can understand as human beings. And he wants us simply to look at the record of the ages and see, as he says, I am God, there is none else. Uh, There's no place in the earth or in the galaxy or the entire universe where God is not. He's everywhere all at once. God is absolutely sovereign. He is the highest authority, my friend. He is the most high, and he wants us to recognize him as that and accept that. Accept that, indeed, because he said it was so. He's supreme in power. He's chief, and he alone is the highest, most effective Uh, that there is. He is the Most High. He alone is efficacious, if you will, in the highest degree. He is the Most High. Then we went on to study the spirit world and uh, look at uh, what God has to say about where the angels come from. Why is it important to understand what God says about the angels? Well, it's critically important, you see, because only God was there and only God could tell us what the angels were like. And he tells us in his word in Job chapter 38 that the angels witnessed the creation of the earth. So that's the next point in our chronological study. Now, remember, we were hanging a line, a clothesline, if you will, across the room of our minds and our hearts. And we're going to lay the foundations or hang those foundations on that line. The Bible truths that are critical throughout the Old Testament to prepare us for understanding what is in the New Testament. So we begin at the beginning, and in chronological order, we place these events of time that actually happened as God related them to us, and, uh, and we understand that these are the foundational truths that help us to understand who he is. So, in the beginning, there was only one who, and that is God. God was the only one there in the beginning and the angels were created by God, and they were created to be his servants. All were created good and lived with God in heaven. We learned that Lucifer was the leader and the most beautiful and intelligent of the angels. However, Lucifer rebelled against God and planned to take over God's position, a full-fledged coup d'etat, if you will, please. Uh, That's exactly what he did, and he took a lot of the angels with him that had been created good, but who had the ability to reason. And by reason of his brightness, he began to see that he could be more important than God had made him to be. And he began to usurp God's authority and lift himself up as the most high, attempting to take God's position. And God says, sorry, we can't have that. That's sin. That's evil. And so evil was found by God who is pure and holy and righteous and just in the heart of Lucifer. And God could not tolerate that evil. And so God had to judge him. Now, Lucifer led many of the other angels who followed him in his rebellion. They wanted to be independent of God. And oh, how that word describes rebellion, my friend. You and I are that way so often. We just simply want to do it our way. We want to be independent of everybody and every being, and often especially God. Well, that's exactly what Lucifer did. You see, God sees and hears. God knew what was in their minds, and he could see that this rebellion was taking place in their hearts. And God knew that Lucifer and company now had become his enemy. And Lucifer's name was now changed to Satan, which means enemy, adversary, opponent, or accuser. God cast them out of heaven for that. You see, God must judge sin, and the penalty for sin is death. And we asked the question in our last time together, what is death to you? Is it simply the termination of the physical body? Well, the Bible teaches that there's more to it than that, my friend, that there's more to come. And there was more there in the beginning to before there was death on the earth. And we'll study that as we go along here now, as we lay foundations and see how God is communicating to you and I today. So, Lucifer's name was now Satan, which means that he is the enemy of God, and God cast him out of heaven and prepared the place called the Lake of Fire for Lucifer and his followers. Based on what we've uh, studied in spending our time together over these recent days, we understand that when we come to the uh, story of creation, that we must accept it as God's account of what took place. You see, Darwin wasn't there, and neither were any of our scientists today that so quickly critique what the Bible has to say about the world and its beginnings. But you see, God was there. He's the author of the Bible, and he said, look folks, this is how it happened, and I want you to know how it happened. Well, there are many theories about what happened. There are many, many theories about how the earth was formed, and there are many theories about how life started. As we mentioned in our last uh, lesson, questions may come into your mind as we study these things, and we won't be able to take the time to discuss all the various theories, but what we do want to look at is what God says happened. You see, we're hearing all kinds of ideas that men have invented that tell us what may have happened and how this may happen, but as time goes along, even science continues to prove that what God said is what took place. The problem is we don't want to believe it. You see, the door to the truth is the will, not the intellect. The door to the truth is the will, and God has given us his word with more evidence to prove this book than any other book that's ever been written. The uh, historical perspective alone has just keeps proving itself, and so we see that the Bible is reliable. It was authored by God, therefore we can believe God's account of what took place. Now keep in mind that the things that are taught in the book of Genesis are upheld throughout the entire scriptures, from beginning to the end. That's part of the continuity of the scripture. That's one of the miracles of its unity and one of the proofs that shows us what we can believe, what we can rely upon. What doesn't change? Because you see, God doesn't change. God doesn't change. You see, we change. We change our ideas almost as often as we change our clothes. But God does not change. He is absolutely certain. And what he says and what he promises are what happens, my friend. And we see the record of that over the history of time through the Bible and through the record that's been recorded. Now, Genesis is an ancient book. But even the New Testament writings affirm the Genesis account of creation. God uh, gave us that account, you see, and he expects us to understand because he's given it to us in a way that we can comprehend. Now, Genesis has often been criticized as a book of myths. But recent archaeology has confirmed many of the details, including the names of the people, the cities as far back as the early chapters of Genesis. And we'll refer to some of these discoveries at a later time. But right now, we need to listen to what God says about the Bible. You see, it's not just a book of myths, as men would have us to understand. It is True history. There is no other history book that's proven itself to be more accurate or even come close to the accuracy over the centuries. It's proving to be authentic indeed because it was written by God and what He says has come to pass. Now, we've already learned that God created the spirits. Now we'll study God's creation of the physical universe and we want to spend some time today on that. You see, God said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How could he do that? Well, my friend, he is supreme. He is sovereign. He's the highest authority. The word Genesis means beginnings or origins. All things had a beginning. Nothing, that is no one except God, existed before the beginning. What then did God use to make the heavens and the earth? Created, the word created means to make out of nothing. To make out of absolutely nothing. Now, to make something out of nothing is an idiom in our d- society. And the reason for that is that if we want to build a house, we have to go get the lumber. If a lady wants to bake a cake, she needs the flour and the sugar and the other ingredients. Can you make any of these things out of nothing? No, of course not. You and I can't make anything out of not- out of zero, out of zilch, out of nothing. But that's what God did You see, God literally made the heavens out of nothing. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, the writer of the Bible, the writer of the book of Hebrews, under the direction of God himself, wrote, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You see, even in the scripture it tells us about the molecular and atomic structure of the world made of things which are seen, but not made of things which do appear. Now, the word of God is incredible, how accurate it is, you see. And he tells us that this is to be understood by faith. Can you show me an atom? Well, yes, you can look at all of uh, all matter and see that there are atoms there, but you can't really define them with the naked eye. It takes a lot of study and a very powerful micro microscope to uh, break down our understanding and show us the atomic structure of a flower or whatever else. You see, God could put it all together because he understands everything. He understands how to make everything out of nothing. How could he make everything out of nothing? Well, he's God, my friend, and he wants us to accept what he says by faith, simply believing because the evidence is there that that's what he did. You see, God is all-powerful. How is it possible for this to happen? Well, God tells us in the Bible that nothing is too hard for him. Nothing is too hard for him. One reference stating such is in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. It says, "Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power, and stretched out an arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. There's nothing too hard for God. God's power is beyond our comprehension. Is anyone stronger than God? Are the angels stronger than God? No, he created them. Is Satan stronger than God? Certainly not. He is subject to God, and God created him and his followers called the devils or Uh, uh, evil spirits in the New Testament, if you will. You see, none of these are stronger than God. God alone is all-powerful, and God is all-knowing. How did God know how to make the heaven and the earth? Well, we have to learn everything that we have that comes in our way. From the time we're children, we're continually learning, and I hope we're still learning now, and that's why we're here together. We're not born with knowledge. We have to learn. And uh, God didn't have to learn. You see, he's God. He's different than we are. And most of us have to go to school to learn. And we continue to learn throughout life. And most often we learn simply by trial and error. And folks, that's a hard way to learn about God. Uh, The school of hard knocks when it comes to things about God are very, very difficult, you see. And we learn some lessons the hard way. But we don't have to. Some things require high special, highly specialized training that you and I have not had. I have some understanding of electricity, but I don't know about electronics. And we'd have to take some higher learning about that, you see. There are many things that we still don't know. But did, God, did someone teach God? No, nobody taught God. Was anyone living in the beginning who could teach God? No, no one was living in the beginning who could teach God. God did not need someone to teach him how to make the heavens and the earth. You see, there is nothing that God does not know or completely understands. Paul, the writer of Romans, says in chapter 11, verse 33, oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out! For who can know the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Who hath been his counselor? Well, when the earth was first created... The scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 that it was completely formless and empty. Let's read it together. Turn in your Bibles if you will, please. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. You see, God was there so he could tell us how it was. Try now with me to imagine a... a, A completely formless and empty earth and we'll see God form it you see we'll see God fill it together now the earth was covered by darkness try to imagine what it'd be like if there was no light whatsoever have you ever been in a room or been out at night when there was no stars whatsoever and you couldn't see your hand in front of your face that's the way it's like That's what it's like. Or how about if you've been in one of the caves with absolutely no no light at all? Absolute darkness, my friend. You can feel absolute darkness, can't you? Well, the earth also, the Bible tells us, was not only dark, but it was covered with water. There was no dry land. Water covered the entire earth. There was no life anywhere on the earth. This is God's account of what it was like in the beginning, you see, when he began to create everything from nothing. God is all-powerful, and now he's ready in his power to create everything. You see, he was about to unleash his mighty power to create everything at that time. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Now Henry Morris is a scientist of our day, and he's written a book called The Genesis Record. And he notes that the word "move" used here is is also used to translate as shake or flutter or hover. And the word suggests the tremendous creative power of God, the prime mover of all things. You see, that's who God is. He is indeed the prime mover of all things. He alone sets things in motion. He alone is the source of all energy. Did you catch that? God alone is the source of all energy. God the Holy Spirit was moving and hovering and fluttering over the waters, vibrating with dynamic energy to create all things. You see, God the Father God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all participated in the mighty act of creation. God is one, and yet God is three in one. The Almighty God is the creator of everything, and we see him as the Trinity. One God that we can't totally comprehend as yet being three persons. One God, yet three persons, and we see his awesome power. That's what he tells us about himself. He says, I am more than one, I am Elohim, more than one, indicating a plurality of the Godhead, you see, all with personality, with ability to reason, with ability to create and work together in the formation of all that we see in creation. Now, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3 takes us the next step of what God says took place. And the God said, let there be light and there was light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, if you and I say something, it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning, but it's God talking here. And he is all knowing and he is all powerful. Only God could create light by simply speaking. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I could speak and have something appear? Well, we have magicians that make us think that something like that happens, but it's obvious that these are illusions. You see, with God, light is not an illusion. It's a fact. Scientists base their reasoning for development this today on the basis of the fact that there is light. You see, but God made light out of nothing too. Whenever we see the light of the sun and the moon and the stars or flip on a switch or something, let's remember that God, it was God who created the light in the very beginning he alone could do that because he alone is all powerful and all knowing he created light out of absolutely nothing now it's interesting that scientists can evaluate some of the characteristics of light all of us experience and use some of the effects of light but god alone understands it for he created it you see he's holy and he's righteous and he is indeed very good It's interesting, God's observation in verse 4 of Genesis says, And God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Do you know how to divide light from darkness? Well, that's wonderful. Go turn off your switch or turn it on so that you have light or you don't have light. But when you turn it on, why don't you just tell half of the room to be dark or half of the room to be light? You see, you and I can't do that. We're limited, but God is not limited. God is all-powerful and all-knowing, and He is holy. And God said that the light He made was very good. You'll notice that each time God created something, He said it is good. Now, that's important for us to understand also, because you and I are not able to make anything that is perfect. No, everything we make has flaws. Now, I'm using machinery to relate this message to you today. But this machinery needs repair frequently. It wears out. And folks, even you and I wear out as far as our physical bodies are concerned. We can't make anything that's perfect, that doesn't wear out. But you know what? The light hasn't worn out. It just keeps happening because God set it in order and he said for it to happen even before he made the sun and the moon. Yeah, it's interesting to note that scientists have recently discovered that light existed before the sun and before the moon. Now, I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but the Bible has told us that right from the beginning, folks, that God created light. And later on, as we'll see, he made the sun and the moon and the stars. Well, God is perfect. You see, the things he makes doesn't wear out. And the scripture tells us that God being is uh, says that things is are good that he made because he is holy as for god his way is perfect that's what the bible tells us about god that's exactly what he says about himself and it's critical that we agree with god you see god is perfect he's flawless flawless do you know i do you and i really know what it means to be flawless no we sure don't We're just filled with laws and everything we make is. But you see, God is holy. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And we sing that when we go to church, don't we? Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And so on. Well, let's look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning morning were the first day. Well, God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And this was the first day in the beginning of the world. The first day in the beginning of the world. Now, on the second day, we read what happened in Genesis 1 verses 6 through 8. Let's read it together. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it des- divide the waters from the waters. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. So we see what God did on day two. Day one, he makes light. Day two, he makes the firmament. He begins now to unfold how he went about this marvelous perspective of creation. He was there. He's the only one that was there. He's the only one that could tell us what it was like. You see, God is holy and he's powerful and he's all knowing. And again, God merely spoke and the firmament was created. Just look at the vastness of the sky. Look, we can only see a small portion of what encircles the earth. Yet God spoke and created all of the earth's atmosphere and it was perfect. You see, unlike man's theories, God has written the account of what took place and it has not changed. It just simply hasn't changed. Now join me again the next time, tomorrow, for the opportunity to further look at what God has said and it really happened just like that because he said so. Thank you for joining us on Bible Foundations. We look forward to spending more time together in God's word.